trash can presents that one friend that's in the Bible Belt a little too deep. Well, hey, brothers and sisters, I just want to say to you that blessed be the Lord. Rejoice and be glad that today is a good day. I am blessed and highly favored and oh. My soul is so refreshed. You know, it's good to see you too, Tom. Uh, you know, how, you're doing well, I see. Oh, yes. I'm just basking in the glory of the Lord. I'm telling you. And you know what, brother? I've been praying for you. I've been praying that a hedge of protection would just be around your home. A hedge of protection and the angels would be watching over oh, you. Uh, I mean, I appreciate that. Uh, I've only been going here like a couple weeks. Kind of, kind of, kind of uh, interesting, but uh, I, I do appreciate it. It's just, um, you know, I don't really know you like that, but you know, it, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, so, yeah, what what do, you, what do you like to do on the weekend? See, brother, I just love to just read the Bible and bask in the glory of the Lord. Bask. You know, I just love that word bask because it reminds me of the ancient Hebrew word basket. And I'm just going to be a basket and soak up all the goodness that the Lord has for me today. Honey, get your keys. And when I say go, run as fast as you can. I want you to go get the kids and I want us to run as fast as we can. Fast as we can. Go! Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Man, have you ever been in one of those situations where you actually do want to just grab the keys and run away from somebody? Yeah, man. As being a person of a man of the cloth, as being a clergyman, I love Jesus, but sometimes I'm like, man, Christians just say the weirdest thing. I'm like, why do you have to be weird? Why can't you just be normal? Just be real. Like, just, just talk normal. That's all I'm asking. Talk normal. It's okay. Yeah. And I mean, listen. I'm just saying, Jesus wasn't down here saying thee and thou, all I'm saying. Anyways, welcome to the show. We appreciate you for listening. Man, we got folks from all over the place. Trash Can International, if you want to call it that, or Donut Box International. Man, where do we got some of these fans from? Um, Singapore, Australia, the UK, Brussels, Belgium, Germany, Ireland, England. Uh, all over, man, and we got some people stateside. Stateside, Virginia's been huge. Of course, we got Georgia, which, man, foreshadowing. Just remember, foreshadowing, Georgia's going to come up again at some point. Uh, and then we got Florida. We got all the way up in the Northeast, all the all the Northeast states, Massachusetts. Um, I'll tell you what, man, I'll tell you what, the middle of the country is pretty great as well. You know, Kansas, Iowa, even uh, the Ohio Valley region is really great, and we can't forget the West Coast down in uh, down in California and Oregon, Washington, Nevada. Hey, we even got our home state of Texas. We had to save the best for last there. So we appreciate it, guys. Yeah, man. And guess what? It is officially September when we drop this episode, and it is Labor Day when we drop this episode. So happy Labor Day! I hope that you're not having to work today. Uh, I'm off on that labor day so yeah happy labor day and happy september yeah it's gonna be great and so uh man it's hard to believe we're already at september this uh this year and this year's anyways we won't even talk about that we're just gonna move on to our first segment which is the old-fashioned donut so chris a story from our past is gonna go to a very interesting time wouldn't you say how old were you whenever this happened i was a sophomore in high school so i was 16 years old i remember it uh, like it was yesterday no i'm just kidding uh, but yeah i was a sophomore i was 16 it was back in georgia uh yeah mike and i we love to do like part being part of the tech team creating videos and stuff and so with that, we got recruited to do like some outside gigs, like running sound and stuff. Now, when Chris says recruited, it's more like, hey, guys, we're going to go do this. And it's like you ask no questions, you get on board because, you know, there's going to be like food or some sort of payment at the end of it. Most of the time it was food and I was good with that. So it, originally what had happened was the way that I got connected, there was this local playwright in our 
City, and he was a lot like Tyler Perry. He was like the Tyler Perry of Augusta. And originally, I went to go help film one of his plays. Well, I guess he liked our work so much that he was having a concert. It was like a concert version of the play where they just sang the songs from the play. And he knew that I ran sound. like a live soundtrack. Yeah, it was a live soundtrack. So he knew that I ran sound, and he didn't have anybody to run sound for this concert. So he asked me if I would run sound, and I was like, yeah, sure. You know, being 16, I didn't know how to say no at the time. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So I ran sound for this concert, and I remember that at the rehearsal, um, he was very mad because people showed up late. And uh, he kind of chewed him out and told him, hey, make sure you don't, show up late, and he kind of made a joke that I won't uh, go into, but I laughed at it, and I was the only one that was laughing, and everybody looked up at the sound booth at me and was like, who is that weird white kid? Uh, I forgot to tell you, this was a predominantly African-American play. I think I was, me and Michael were probably the only white people in the building, but that's okay. I love the African-American community, so those are my people. Yeah, we loved we loved hanging out with them, and uh, it was a whole bunch of local Christian rappers, and uh, how I got involved with it was I believe Chris called me up, and this is how most of these ventures started, but I believe Chris called me up and was like, hey, man, we need a camera guy. Okay, cool, when and where? And, you know, at the time, uh, I believe you had the car. No, 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 you didn't have your car yet because I remember uh, your mom took us there and back because the uh, only reason I remember that is because that, uh, that cop followed her for a while. Yeah, it was a sketchy cop, but... It was a a great time. There was this local gospel artist. Uh, He had this song called Holy Ghost Girl, and it was talking about waiting on the girl that the Lord has for you. And I really liked that song. And I told him, I was like, hey, man, I really love this song. He was like, cool. I'm going to give you a shout out during the concert. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't didn't think he was really going to do it. I was like, because people say stuff, but in the moment they probably forgot. But he uh, gave me a shout out during the concert. And I was like, thanks, man. It was really cool, and like everybody turned to the sound booth and looked at me, and I was like, they were probably like, who is this weird white boy? But it's okay. <laughs> I wish we still had that tape. That's what I really wish, because I, you know, that 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 was gold. Because, uh, yeah, that's what happened. So this particular musician, he was, he was sitting at a piano, right? Because uh, that song, Holy Ghost Girl, he would like sit at the piano and play it. And, yeah, it was like... They gave him a full-on shout-out, and he even changed the lyric. He was like, Christopher's waiting for his Holy Ghost girl. And it was just like, they pointed up there and everything, and there was Chris doing his thing. It was funny. And uh, listen, everybody everybody loved him for being the goofy white boy. I'll tell you that much. So speaking of being the goofy white boy, somehow, someway, this playwright, uh, he was writing another play called Turnaround High School. And he was like, hey, I need somebody to be the nerd in this play. And I said, okay, cool. It wasn't like one of the mains or nothing. But I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be in this play, right? And so uh, turned out I was the only white boy in in this play. Uh, And I played this nerd who suffered from depression. And uh, kind of spoiler, at the end, he's struggling with suicide. And he kind of snaps. Um But this character, I decided that I was going to make him, I guess, more of a comedic character. And so I did a lot of comedic things. And I don't know if they were laughing at me because they thought my jokes were funny. Or if they were laughing at me because they were like, oh, that silly white boy. He's doing all this stuff. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. We did three productions of this. uh, And somehow, some way... in the middle of it, we had to recast the main teacher. And mind you, me and this other guy were the only people that were actually in high school in this production. Everybody else was like in their mid-20s. Some people were even in their early 30s. And uh, I just remember the love interest of one of the guys that was in high school with me. Uh, she was like 26 and he was 17. And they were supposed to have this like whole steamy scene. I just remember being like, this is kind of weird because he's basically making out with this 26-year-old lady and he's 17. Uh, but it, it was weird. Um, I remember, though, the way that the play went is that uh, the the character Brandon, who is my character, he's just going to school at the end and somehow a gun falls out of his locker and everyone's like, holy crap, what is that? And he's like snaps and he's like, I'm going to kill y'all. And there's like, nah, I'm going to try to kill myself. And they talk him out of it. 
Um, I think the first time I went a little too hard because I started shaking. Micah, what was your uh, thoughts, reactions from being on the other side of the camera? What were you seeing? Uh, so I filmed this thing twice out of the three productions. So one, I was actually in the crowd. Two, I filmed. One, uh, so the one that I was in the crowd, I'll just start there. Uh, when you when you had the whole scene with the gun and everything, <laughs> everybody in the front row started, or in the first two rows, started laughing at you. But the other hard part was, and what we're, we're not saying too, is the facilities weren't exactly great. Everybody was mic'd up, but for whatever reason, the, uh, the speakers, I guess it was the speakers or the connections to the speakers, were not very good. So nobody could hear really well. So unless you were on the first couple three, four rows, like the sound quality just wasn't very good. And so you'd pick up bits and pieces. And so, uh, but I, you know, he pulls out this gun and, you know, he's supposed to be having this real dramatic scene. And I just remember the first three rows just laughing. And at this point I'd already seen the play once. So it was like, wow, I can't believe people are laughing at this. Um, the first time, and that was the time that, um, we filmed and like got a good film of it. Um, yeah, you did go hard. I'll tell you that much. Like it was very serious. Like he, uh, he was shaking. He had his hand shaking. And I'm going to go back to one other thing that you said too. He was, uh, when he said he injected some funny moments in there, I don't know which ones were ad libbed or not, but there was like a dance scene and it was like, you got to think this was like two thousands trying to be like Tyler Perry. So there was like a, song and dance scene where somebody's singing and you know everybody's kind of dancing and then here comes chris doing his little nerdy thing and like i'm telling you all the people up in there were cackling like a like it was it was the most laughs it was just like i don't know it was definitely that comedic relief character for sure like i don't know if that moment was ad-lib but that's that's one that i do remember oh that moment was definitely ad-lib because i was like man I need to take this character. This character is just getting bullied all the time. He's getting pushed around. And I was like, he needs a reason for people to like him. Because at this point, in my mind, I was like, you know what? There's no reason for you to feel sorry for this character. Because he doesn't really have much backstory. He's not in any other scenes. He's just getting pushed down all the time. And I'm like, you don't really feel bad for him. But if you actually like him and you laugh at him, yeah, you're going to feel bad for him when he gets bullied. So... 98% of my role, I ad-libbed, and I took that on my own without Carlton uh, knowing. So Carlton didn't know what I was going to do in the moment. And most of the time, uh, a lot of people did. Ad- they didn't ad-lib their lines, but they did go off script. And I just remember, like, watching it back now, I was like, the dialogue in this is horrible. <laughs> well, and to, to finalize what I saw on my end, the third time, we couldn't even keep the third taping. Like I said, the second time we didn't we didn't film the second time. I don't remember why we didn't film the second time. I feel like it was like a day. Was it in the daytime? And it kind of was like low crowd, so they didn't care. I don't remember. Some for some reason we didn't we didn't film on the second go around. But the third time we tried to get a filming as like a backup, but we just had to throw the thing out because the sound quality was so terrible. Um. It was it was pretty it was pretty crazy. I just remember it was in a gymnasium and uh, the location was in a gymnasium, and I never knew that churches had like a basketball facility gymnasium. It was I'm not gonna lie to you, it was kind of weird because the setup that they had. I just remember there was kind of like this stage with like a chair where it was sitting, and you could tell that's where like the pastor sat and like watched the basketball team. And it was kind of like a throne looking thing. It was interesting. You remember that? Yes, I do. Uh, I actually do have the DVD of it. Uh, I don't know if we can put that online. I don't know. Probably not. But I do have the DVD of it. And I go back and watch it sometimes. And I'm like, yep. This was 16-year-old me. It was goofy. It was bad. But hey, it was alright. Hey, it was uh, it was comedy gold to go back and watch it now. Um, yep. just to see what you that... You have to laugh at yourself. Oh, absolutely. And what that era was supposed to be. I mean, I can understand. Uh, again, we're talking about all the Tyler Perry stuff. 
Um, like A Diary of a Mad Black Woman was around that time. A lot of those Medea movies were coming out during that time. And I'm telling you, this uh, this playwright was doing the Christian approach or was saying he was doing the Christian approach and really, um, I don't know, was trying to go that direction with it, kind of the more Tyler Perry direction with it. But His serious stuff was actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Like, his real serious stuff was pretty good, but this, this comedy, this little lighthearted ha-ha uh, show was not that good. He did end up remaking the play into a movie that is on Tubi, uh, but it is not Christian friendly. I will say that much. There are some uh, steamy scenes, pretty steamy. And I was like, oh, wow, putting this in a Christian movie, but okay. PG 13 to R rated. Yeah, it's like R rated full on. I'm not kidding you when I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, overselling that. It is true. But uh, yeah, I, that's all I got to add. You got anything else to add? Before we move on, yeah, man, it was a it was a pretty crazy time. Like I said, I was getting paid in food. I think one time we went to the Golden Corral. <laughs> yeah, how I got paid from that deal. We always got paid in food. That's always so, how it went. That's always how it went. But it was uh, it was good times uh, hanging out with the with the folks there, getting to know a lot of the local rappers and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. Um, all right, man, but yeah, I'm ready to move on if you are. Yep, let's move into our next segment, which is the Jelly Donut, and that's our jail reports. Who is that private pilot? Sir, Jelly Donut, sir! A Jelly Donut? So, Micah, what do you got for us? Okay, so we're actually going to do something a little different than the jail report. This is going to be the stories of crazy prison escapes. Ooh, that's cool. Like Shawshank Redemption. Kind of. And, yeah, I'm going to stay away from the, the big, you know, well-known ones like Alcatraz and stuff like that. Um, or even El Chapo, stuff like that. So, there was a man, this very first one here, there was a man uh, named Leonard Moss. Have you heard of him? Nope, have not heard of him. So, he was 16 years old, and he was in, it was 1968, and he was in Pittsburgh, and he uh, joined riots in the wake of uh, Martin Luther King's assassination. So, he was in the streets. He threw a Molotov cocktail, which, you know what a Molotov cocktail is? Yes, I do. It's like a fire bottle, pretty much. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, well, I'm not going to explain how it's done. But pretty much, you you know, throw it and kaboom, catches things on fire. So, he threw a Molotov cocktail at home and uh, killed... This lady who died of pneumonia because she because of her burns, which I didn't know was a thing. But apparently she died from pneumonia caused by her burns a few months later. So this guy was charged with first degree murder. So he goes to prison. So what ends up happening, he decided to take matters into his whole hands or in his own hands. And literally there was this whole court battle back and forth um, because it was her injuries, not exactly him. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. They denied it, so uh, pretty much he's stuck, right? And so what ended up happening and how he escaped was really simple. He got a permit to attend his grandmother's funeral, and he vanished. Wow, that's crazy, dude. I've, I've seen people do that or heard of people doing that before. Yeah, it's pr it's pretty nuts. Um, and apparently back then there was a lot more leniency with stuff like that, but... Uh, so on 70, 19, in 1971, this person attended uh, the service, and he was escorted by two police officers, but somehow managed to elude them and escape. And so they, you know, filed a warrant and everything like that. Um, so the FBI had been looking for him for years, five decades to be exact, and they just found him in 2020, actually. So the FBI had been aware that they were that this guy was probably living under a few different aliases, things like that. But they found out that he was going under the name of Paul Dixon, uh, and he was working in Michigan as a pharmacist. And he was actually arrested in Michigan for stealing AD hydrocodone pills. And when they matched his fingerprints, they realized he was the same person. And so he was arrested and booked once again. But that was in 2020, so, you know... More How was he like seventy something by this time, or what? Doesn't say, but long he has to be pretty old. I mean, he has to be a lot ways away. Cause let's see when he. So he was sixteen and sixty eight. So 
1952 is when he was born. So 1952 to 2020. Uh, that's crazy that you're still doing the same BS crime. You're still doing a life of crime at 68. I don't feel bad for you. You deserve what you get. I'm just like, dang, he worked his way up to being a pharmacist. Dang. All right. Next one. This person is still at large. So there was uh, a guy named Lester Eubanks. Um, and he used his furlough to vanish. Except, you know, this guy's crimes were very, very, very different. Um, as far as um, really violent murders. Primarily to white females. And so, basically, but they were mostly random killings. Like, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to it. Um, so, pretty much what happened was uh, this guy gets convicted of first-degree murder. And so, he spends seven years in prison. And apparently, at the time in Ohio, they would grant prisoners holiday season furlough to shop for loved ones. Which I've never heard of that, have you? Who thought that was a good idea? For murderers. That's a dumb idea. That person should be fired. For murderers, man. That's crazy. So, <laughs> what ended up happening is um, he goes to shop at Ohio's shopping center, Great Southern Shopping Center, I'm assuming it's a mall, um, in 1973, and then he disappeared into the night. I wonder... Sorry. Don't mean to interrupt you. I wonder if that's how Angel Tree was born. You know what Angel Tree is? Angel Tree is for people that can help incarcerated people uh, buy gifts for their kids. Or they, like, bring gifts or something. You know what I mean? For their kids. And the kids get Christmas get gifts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's okay. why that was born. Yeah. Maybe. Because they're like, we're not going to let them out anymore. Let's, <laughs> let's change that up a little bit. Because I'm sure a lot of people, I mean... It's probably not hard to book it out of there, you know, if you're in a mall. Um, anyways, so here's the weird part. The Ohio Department of Corrections listed him as a fugitive immediately, right? However, federal authorities only began the search for him in the late 90s. So you got to think, he escaped in 1970, what did it say, 73. It sounds like a cover-up, bro. That sounds like somebody let him escape. Because if they didn't start searching for 20 years... Bro, somebody that's something's off. Like somebody in a position of power let him off, and it sounds like that person retired after twenty years, and then it's like, oh, well, now we got to go look for pretty him. much. And so essentially, what happened is uh, it's been moved all the way. It's been moved around different federal agencies. Now it's with the U.S. Marshal's office as of twenty sixteen, and um, the latest that they think is. Um, that he's going by the alias of Victor Young somewhere in the Los Angeles area. Um, but he's had many jobs in his past, like hospital janitor, waterbed factory employee, all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, he's he's managed to stay away from police since 1973. And uh, they think he's still out there somewhere, hiding in plain sight. That's what wild man you would think in the in the digital age and everything else it would be you know be it's probably really easy to get caught but that's it's crazy that some people aren't all right so the next one this one is a little interesting so there's a guy named richard lee mcnair uh and he was not your traditional prison escape artist he had these really unorthodox methods to try to get himself out of jail and Pretty much what happened, he was um, raised by a police officer as a child, and so he knew a lot of the ins and outs when it comes to, you know, um, what goes on police-wise, jail-wise. So he tried to use this savvy to gain entry to the storage facility in North Dakota, and two guys startled him, and basically he shot them, and they both died. So... Um, McNair was convicted in first degree murder and attempted murder because uh, one of the guys did not die. So what happens, he gets two life sentences for this. And for the burglary charge, he gets 30 years. So obviously he ain't getting out, right? <laughs> At least not in his lifetime, looks like. Um, and so he gets sent to North Dakota State Penitentiary. 
which he managed to escape through a ventilation pipe in 1992. And they did not capture him for another year until 1993. And they found him all the way in Louisiana, so they took him back. So, next what happens, they move him over to Louisiana, and he escapes prison again. And this is at the federal prison in uh, Pollock, Louisiana, or Pollock, Louisiana. And then, um, pretty much what he did, and you gotta think this is a federal prison, right? This isn't a state prison. So, he built a makeshift compartment complete with a breathing tube to fit himself inside of a mailbag pile and was taken out by forklift uh, to a facility outside of the prison where then he busted out of the bag and escaped. So, here's the thing though. He did that in the middle of the summertime with it being 113 degrees outside or the heat index of 113 degrees. Um, and so he gets all of that done, he gets out, and he goes all the way to, um, well, he, I'm sorry, he waited for the warehouse staff to leave for lunch, then that's when he bolted. Uh, went down to the nearby railroad tracks, and, uh, then that's where he was caught once again, not too far away. But, yeah, by mailbags, but apparently he made a whole makeshift deal with, breathing straw and everything like that but that landed him in the Colorado Supermax prison you know the the one with all and the, the words folks. of Donald Trump you were captured I don't like captured people Donald Trump actually said that look it up yes he did about John McCain yes he did, yes, he did. look it up <laughs> that's that's crazy though I'm telling you people's ingenuity bro whenever they're put in a in a tough situation you will see the ingenuity and I'm like man that's cool that God made people so ingenuous and that you can just, your mind thinks of that stuff. And we're not even using our minds halfway now. We're only using 10% of our brains. So could you imagine? But anyways, that's another rabbit hole. But that's cool. All I'm saying is, um, it's, you know, you can't lock somebody up and say you have no chance of getting out of here. And some people are just like, bet me. We'll see what happens. All right, here's the last one here. Guy named Alexander Slonik. Yes, he's Soviet, or was from Soviet Russia. A former policeman, he was an excellent marksman and really proficient in martial arts. So, he wasn't in the Soviet Special Forces, but he became a contract killer for the Russian mob. So, that landed him in prison for, of course, being Hitman. Um, they called him the Russian Jackal, or Alexander the Great. <laughs> And so apparently he was paid, you know, thousands to kill, and he was really good at not disclosing the identity of the clients, all this other good jazz. So apparently um, he mastered a job assassinating high-ranking NATO officials for the USSR during the Cold War and did a whole bunch of geopolitical politics stuff like that. However, um, he gets arrested for doing some other... Um, unsavory things and then um, also beating on a female apparently was tacked on to the charge um, and so he gets put in jail but you really going to trust this guy to stay in jail I mean you hear all the rest of his credentials here so even before he was sentenced he jumped out of the second story courtroom window and fled to Siberia and then that's where they found him again <laughs> in Siberia so he was arrested at a Sabuan trying to uh, get cosmetic surgery, actually. And then he was in prison for two years, and then he escaped to the, to the facility's ventilation system in the 90s. Uh, and then he was, once he got out, he was employed by the Russian mob as a hitman. And then he was uh, imprisoned once again. And um, because he got wounded in a, in a shootout in 1995... So then he gets arrested again. Basically, then the mob bribes him to get him out. So he gets out once again. I know. In, out, in, out, in, out. Um, so, and then finally, the story goes like this. Um, he gets back into prison. And they were able to organize, um, of course, paying off some guards. 
organizing some rope, climbing gears, guns, things like that. And they left the dummy in the bed, the classic maneuver. They scale the wall, they get out, they, they leave. This time, he vanishes without a trace. And ever since 1997, nobody knows what ever happened what to him. What a resilient man. That's all I... That's my big takeaway. What a resilient guy. He's like, I'm not going to jail. <laughs> You're only going to keep me here. Hey, man. Cool deal, man. Sounds like some good stories, for sure. Crazy escape stories. It's, it's insane that some of these people... Um, got out but i will say this listening to a lot of escape stories um it's a lot of work what it sounds like a lot of the time it's a lot of work and most people get captured within a week so it's like you know you work for years and years and years and next thing you know it's like you're you're only out for a few days or a week or so and it's you're going right back for sure man well we're gonna move into the donut hole what you got for us this week we always like to do quizzes and of course i'm not gonna run perfection here this one's an interesting one, though. And remember how I said foreshadowing about Georgia. Shout out to our listeners in Georgia. Christopher was... Please don't ask me Georgia history. Is that what you're going to ask no, me? No, no, no. No, no, no. It's different. It's different. So, it is testing some knowledge about Georgia, but not in the way that you're thinking. This is a this or that quiz. So, there's only two options. And the this or the that is, is, is it Georgia the country or Georgia the state that I'm talking about? Oh, okay. For those of you who don't know, there's a very small country uh, in Europe called Georgia. And then there's also the state in the United States called Georgia. So are you ready? And uh, Chris happens to be from the state. So he knows a lot of the history. But there are some easy ones in here. And then there's some that are like, ooh, we'll see if Chris knows. Unfortunately, yes. All right. So number one is pretty easy. Atlanta is the capital city. Is it the country of Georgia or the state of Georgia? It's the state. Yeah, you're right. Okay, the next one. This place has hosted the Olympics. Is it the country of Georgia or the state of Georgia? It's the state of Georgia. Yes, it is. All right. Most of the populations are Christians in Orthodox fashion. Oh, that's the uh, country of Georgia. I was like, well, I was like, people in the state of Georgia are Christians, but... If it's Orthodox, then yes, it's the country of Georgia. Absolutely. Here's another easy one. Um, Batumi is the second largest city. Is it the country or the state? Batumi. That's over there by Savannah. Just kidding. Uh, it's the country of Georgia. Which hopefully all of our Georgia folks are good because they, uh, you know, being hit by that tropical storm hurricane. So hopefully y'all are doing yeah, good. Yeah, shout day. out to those people praying for you guys. All right. So... The next one, this one's going to be one that you're like, ooh, I don't know. Um, this country, or the, I'm sorry, this place has a GDP per capita over 70000 Is it the state or the country? Well, you slipped up and said the country, so <laughs> I think it's the country. Actually, it's the state. I kind of screwed you up there. Oh, well, shame on me. So apparently the state of Georgia has about is about 10 times richer per capita than the country of Georgia. Well, that's sad because there's not much going on there. But the, I think that uh, with all the entertainment industry and the music industry, I think that kind of balances out. This place is the birthplace of one of history's greatest tyrants. History's greatest, greatest tyrants? Uh, it has to be the country of Georgia. Yep, and bonus points, you don't have to know this, but do you know who was born in the country of Georgia who was a tyrant? Who was a tyrant? Uh, Mussolini? No, but it was Joseph Stalin. Oh, that was going to be my first guess, but it's whatever. Yeah, so apparently Stalin was born in the uh, country of Georgia. No, it wasn't Jimmy Carter. Uh, anyways, um, to, to my next question, um, this place grows a lot of peanuts. State of Georgia. State of Georgia. And alluding to the Jimmy Carter thing. Here's another interesting one. Uh, this, either the country or the state, has an average elevation of 4,698 feet. Hmm. Is it the state or the country of Georgia? I'm going to go with the state. Actually, it's the country of Georgia. Well... Shame the on country me. of Georgia is located in the Caucasus Mountains. It, it reminds me of that Cat Williams bit where he's in jail. Anyways, so this place has a population of about 3.7 million. 
state of Georgia. It's actually the country of Georgia. The state of Georgia has 10.7 million. I try to block everything out about Georgia, so shame on me. Well, maybe it was bad for me to ask this question, but I thought, or this quiz, but I thought it was kind of cool that it was like Georgia or Georgia. Like, which one was it? Um, all right. This one has five crosses on its flag. Five crosses. Well, it sure ain't the state of Georgia. It's the Confederate flag, state of Georgia. Uh, it's the country of Georgia. Yeah, you're right on that one. All right, this place was named after a king. Uh, the state of Georgia. That's why they named it after King George. Yeah, which King George was it? King George the first. It was actually the second. Oh well, whatever. He was a type. Anyways, um, all right, the next one. This place's population has decreased since 1990. Since 1990, definitely the country. Yeah, the country of Georgia's declined. All right, this place generates 80% of its electricity from hydroelectric power. That sounds like the state of Georgia. Eh, it's the country of Georgia. Man, you gotta think, SRS and all that? Well, wasn't that on South Carolina side, actually? But it powered, I know it powered Augusta, but I thought that was nuclear power. That wasn't hydropower. You're nuclear power. <laughs> all right, on a map, this place has a greater width than height. Is it the country or the state? Greater width than height. The country. I probably shouldn't even ask this one, but which place has the world's busiest airport? Uh, the state of Georgia. Yeah, with Atlanta. And then which place has uh, is the birthplace of two Nobel Peace Prize winners? Oh, uh, the state of Georgia, MLK. And do you know who the other one was? Jimmy Carter. Yeah, old Jimbo. All right, couple more. Um, this place was established in the year 1733. State of Georgia. Yeah, and the last one was this country, or, ah, well, never mind. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I've already answered it for you. But, uh, the question was going to be, which place has a long tradition of wine growing? And, uh, yeah, it ain't. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the country. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, you know, you know the difference between the country and the state very well, even though you try to block those memories out. Sorry to bring those memories back to the forefront, but hey, that's what best friends do. It's like the Grinch when he tries to block out Christmas. That's what it is like for me. What what can I say? What are friends for besides bringing back repressed traumas and putting them in your face? All right. Oh, don't bring up repressed traumas, buddy. I can go there real quick, but I'm not going there. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. So are we ready to move into our, uh, speaking of anger, are we ready to move into our next segment? Yes, I am. I'm very ready. And that is, what fries my donuts? And Chris, <laughs> what fries your donuts? What really fries my donuts is when people particularly put themselves in a bad situation and then they're surprised when the outcome turns bad. Oh, preach. Oh, yes, preach, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Let me give you a prime example. This show, The Secrets of Playboy Bunnies, is on Hulu. I have not seen this show. I've only seen commercials for this show. But in the commercials, the women are like, oh, our lives were never our own. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, I was abused. Da -da 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 -da. It's like, oh, they were looking at my body. Da -da -da -da. And it's like, bro, you signed up for this. You put yourself in a bad situation. Going to the Playboy Mansion, what did you think was going to happen there? Nothing good. Nothing good at all. You seriously thought that you could just show up there and get your money and everything be okay. No. Hugh Hefner is a sick, sick man. Number two, that show, Love After Lockup. It's about people that get in relationships with inmates while they are incarcerated. And then they the show follows them after the inmate gets out. And nine times out of ten... They're all upset at dude, like, I just don't know why this didn't work out. I just didn't know why he cheated on me. He just lied to me. He was just trying to use me for money. Uh, yeah, you put yourself in a bad situation, and now you're upset with the results. That's what I get very frustrated with, is when people put themselves in a bad situation, and then whenever it turns out bad, it's like, I don't know what happened. You put yourself in the bad situation to begin with. It's like, what, what farcical world are you living in? Now, I get what you're saying, especially about, you know, like the, the secrets of Playboy stuff. Come on. There's an expectation, and you know what that expectation is going to be going in. A lot of the times, too, 
You know, we live in the, the here and the now days where it's like, oh, that wasn't a writing, so I wasn't expecting it. No, no, no. Everybody can read between the lines of what was going on, and you know what was going to happen. I mean, it's just, that is the way that it is. I, I don't know. And there there's so many situations like that where people get so mad, and it's like, I don't understand what you thought you signed up for. I... You know, just because it wasn't in the brochure, yeah, they ain't going to directly advertise that, but that that's what it is. You, you should know that. Well, it's like it's like inmates that after they get incarcerated, they're like, yeah, I'm not going to go back to jail. I'm not going to go back to jail. And then they're hanging around with people that are breaking the law. And then guess what happens? They end up getting caught up in some stuff to where they get arrested as they go back to jail and i'm like bro like just don't put yourself in that bad situation i know that that's easier said than done because that's a lifestyle and you're so used to that and it's hard for you to walk away from it and sometimes it's easier for you to do that than to get a job but i'm just saying don't put yourself in bad situations and things aren't going to happen to you that are going to be bad i mean bad things do happen to good people i do believe that but don't be upset Whenever you make that bad choice and then you have to lie in your bed because you made it. That's all I got to say about that. There's a difference between life ain't fair and putting yourself in a stupid position to where, you know, you got messed up or, you know, something something happened and it didn't turn out the way you thought it was supposed to in a negative way. You know, I mean, sometimes life ain't fair. You can do all the right things and it just doesn't happen for you, right? But I, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of actions you could take to try to minimize those things from happening. And I feel like a lot of people are real haphazard with stuff, man. Um, You know, people don't think things through a lot. (laughs) I think this is a big problem. Well, here's my thing. People are like, oh, the devil's attacking me. Oh, I just can't catch a break. Oh, and yeah, that might be true. But you also have to think, what choices did I make? To, uh, is this just the devil attacking me, or is this the consequences to my bad choices? You have to ask yourself that question. True human nature will screw you up, <laughs> you know? A lot of times you can shoot yourself in the foot. It ain't really the devil, it's you being stupid. I mean, you can blame it on whatever you want, but there there is a difference. You know, if you don't put yourself in check, you'll do stupid stuff. I mean, it, you're, I mean we're all bound to do stupid stuff because we, we make mistakes, but... If you don't choose to learn from the previous mistakes and you just want to point a finger and be like, oh, it was the devil's fault. It was the devil's fault. It's like, nah, man, you were dumb and you were caught slipping. Yep. Well, I will just say this quote and then we'll move into the improv segment. But in the words of a wise man, check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's all I got to say. We're going to move into our mystery donut, which is the improv segment. And my God, I think we have... Fortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, that's my favorite game. Like, I love fortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, man. So, uh, what's the... We'll do two scenarios. What's the first scenario you got? Getting a new cable service. Okay. Or... Okay. I don't know how many people get cable now, but okay. Sounds good. New internet. Getting your internet set up. Yeah, getting your internet... Getting your internet set up. Do you want to go first? Fortunately, this internet was a good price, and it's going to give me good internet speeds. Unfortunately, after the first year, they're going to jack your price up. Fortunately, I just got a raise at work, so that price hike's not going to affect me very much. Unfortunately, they're also going to slow down your service in addition to the price Fortunately, I can just use their internet to look up other internet service providers that could be cheaper and a better alternative. Unfortunately, it's going to be pulling tooth and nail to get out of this because you chose Optimum. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, Optimum is not a very good company. Anyways, um, fortunately, dang, you got me on that one. Optimum, a.k.a. formerly <laughs> Suddenlink, you suck. I you don't care connected, I'll tell you that what one. anybody says, you guys are the worst. Absolute worst. All right, uh, this next segment, uh, 
going to the library. Do people still do that? I don't think so, but going to the library. Does anybody have a... Do you need a library card to go to the library, or can you just pop in there? No, you can just pop in there, but if you want to check a book out and take it home, you got to get a library card. I got you. I'm sure there's some a lot of people that's like, library card? What you talking about? Anyways, um, all right. I'm ready. All right, we'll go first. Fortunately... I can finally get some peace and quiet, get some homework done. Unfortunately, I'm going to be reading a funny book and cackling out loud. Fortunately, the librarians still are sticklers, so you'll get thrown out. Unfortunately, I don't care, and I'll just keep coming back. Fortunately, you're going to be banned from all the public libraries. Unfortunately, my mother is the solicitor for all the libraries in the area and can keep getting me reinstated. Hold on, I think we switched roles there. Oh. Fortunately, you're... I said unfortunately. Okay, I'm not gonna go back. Fortunately, fortunately, the librarians also have your mom banned because she smells bad. I really want to know where you were gonna go with that. All right, all right, you you got me on that one. Let's do one more. Okay, last one. Um, going to uh, going to apply for a new okay, job. I'll start. Fortunately, I have a lot of qualifications, so this should be easy. Unfortunately, I accidentally overhired, so you'll probably lose your job in the first week. Fortunately, I get to take a few days of PTO. Unfortunately, this is a entry-level job and a dead-end job, and you don't get any PTO here. Fortunately, I can take the day off anytime I want, because I know I'm going to lose my job anyway. Unfortunately, we're going to dock your paycheck for the day that you did take off. Unfor <laughs> Fortunately, I'm going to go into work. And I'm not going to be disgruntled. And I'm going to do my job. Unfortunately, we are going to be micromanaging you. So you will become disgruntled at the end of this experience. Fortunately, I have a good therapist that works through stuff with me. Unfortunately, your therapist moved and quit therapy because she was tired of it. And couldn't handle the pressure anymore. Fortunately, it wasn't because of B. It was because of another one of her clients. Unfortunately, it was because of you. Your trauma was just too much for her to handle. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't tell myself that so I can sleep at night, and it works. Unfortunately, you're just hiding from the truth. <laughs> Fortunately, you're right, but I'm just going to get another therapist. Unfortunately, it's going to cost you and your insurance isn't going to cover it. Fortunately, back to my job stance, I may be getting a promotion thanks to the hard work I've been doing. Unfortunately, I already told you that we're probably going to fire you within this first week. So your ideas of getting a promotion are absolutely delusional and asinine. Fortunately, I've been working Uber Eats on the side, so it doesn't really matter. Unfortunately, you only get $2 from Uber Eats even though you drive across town. Fortunately, dang all right, <laughs> you got me all three times on that. Good stuff, man. Well, we're going to move into our last segment, and that's our declare, which is our positive advice. And I think it's my turn to go first. So my positive advice is don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't do it. What I mean by that is sometimes you can be exhausting yourself. You can be wasting your time and your effort on people that don't really want to grow or people that don't really appreciate you. Now, if somebody wants to grow and you know, all that good stuff, I say help them. But you can get to a point where you're trying to help uh, people that just don't want to help themselves. If a person is just uh, comfortable in their own toxicity and their own uh, emotional immaturity, man, you got to just move on and say, you know what, I've tried to help you, but if you don't want to help yourself, there ain't much I can do for you. And I've been so guilty. I've been trying to help people and pushing them. And they're just like, you know what, I don't want to get better. And I've wasted a lot of time and energy, and sleepless nights, and I could have been spending that somewhere else. So don't cast your pearls before swine. Know that your time is valuable and your resources are valuable, and help people that really want to get help. In the words of Yo Gotti, if a bee gonna be a bee, I'ma let it be. Anyways, um, so my eclair is to try new things, even if it's outside your comfort zone, and I'm talking about big things. Man, if it's worth doing, it's going to be a little scary, right? 
I think that's the biggest thing that holds everybody back is that fact that it's like, man, and that's where the millions of what ifs come into your mind. What if I don't have the money to quit my job and start my own company? You know, what if I don't have um, the right funds to go and, you know, do this or that? What if I'm not prepared for a new role or a new setting or a new city or, you know, stuff like that? Everybody says, what if, what if? And before you know it, you got about 50 what ifs that you're not even really sure about, but you're sitting here going, ooh, you know, there's a lot of risk. And, you know, a lot of times there is. But you also have to remember a lot of times in life, that if you don't try something, you're going to regret it forever. You know, you'll sit back and you always go, what if, you know, I would have tried that? I don't even remember. You won't even remember the reasons that you didn't try it, right? You won't even remember the reasons that it didn't happen. You'll go, man, there was some reason that I didn't do it, but I don't even remember why. So you might as well just pull the trigger on it. And, you know, young, old, age doesn't really matter. Try something, man. You know, it's... It's one thing to go through life and just go through the motions, but you can always give a chance to improve or try new things or try to excel at something. So go ahead and uh, go ahead and try it, man. Good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. Hey, September 18th, September 18th, we are dropping our first animated short. Uh, it's called Church Rescue. It's all about, uh, it's like Bar Rescue, but it's about a guy named Don Churchill who is a church rescue expert. He helps dying churches uh, get rescued, and he's going to help this one church in Washington get rescued. So it's an animated short that me and uh, Micah worked on together. I'm pretty proud of it. It's part one. Uh, parts two and three will be coming soon. But, uh, yeah, September 18th, be looking out for it. Uh, it's going to be on YouTube and on TVTrashCan.com, uh, where you can go and like and subscribe and find all the good stuff. So what else you got? So I actually have some interesting things for our um, our listenership that has come from the aviation community. Here in a few weeks, something else I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking a flight on a one-of-one. One. Like when I say one-of-one, one, it's the only remaining um, passenger version of this plane. It's called a it's called a Fairchild Metro or Metroliner, and uh, I'm going to fly the last one that is a passenger plane in the world, and wouldn't you know it, I'm going to film it. We're going to put it on TV Trash Can with Trash Can Travel, so it's going to be on YouTube, so look out for that as well. It's going to be mid-September, so by the time we do all the editing and all that good jazz, probably 1st of October or something like that, but that'll be a pretty cool one, because something else that's interesting about it, it's flying to the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. So, oh, well, we got some good listeners. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I'll go visit with some listeners in the middle yeah, of nowhere tell in them when your tell them when your flight's coming in so they can meet you at the airport. Yeah, right? Listen, I'll just have a warm welcome, the red carpet. They'll go, welcome, Micah from TV Trash Can or Trash Can TV. All right, man. But, yeah, so TVTrashCan.com, all of our socials. Go uh, like, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. Of course, there's YouTube, all that good jazz. But yeah, man, it's been a fun episode. I think we about wrapped up. What you think? Yep, let's go. Let's take this donut box to the track. All right, man. Well, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this has been the Donut Box Podcast.